and welcome to Shaken Awake Podcast, the non-sugar-coated Christian podcast on the net. Uh, sugar-coating causes truth decay, which is why we here rely on the very Word of God to dictate our direction and path in life that God has set before us, not with the world or man-made doctrine or necessarily what the pulpit dictates, Right. So I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to share the words from God's word and provide you what he and the Holy Spirit have convicted me of and are pressing me to communicate out. Uh, So if you're a first-time listener, welcome. And if you're a long-time listener, welcome. Glad to have your ears for a few minutes to uh, share what God has led me to share with you today. So without further ado, let's move on with episode number 69 entitled Save by Grace, but are you being obedient? So where today's topic was really uh, impressed upon me was just the other night as I was in my uh, daily devotion and Bible reading with God, and it suddenly uh, struck in the chapters that I was in, I realized that Jesus and those the Holy Spirit spoke through to put into today's Bible speak a lot about the poor, uh, the widows, and the orphans. And I realized, and I was quickly uh, and personally convicted that there are actually two sides uh, to this fact. One side shows how much God loves the poor and the sick and the widows and the orphans and, and then how much he commands we help them during our lifetime. And the other side shows them the actual poor, the sick, the widows, the orphans, how much he loves and protects them and what is waiting for them on the other side of heaven once they die, if they're saved. So it led me to be convicted, not only to help serve and protect them and honor God in the process, and not only to help share with them God's undivided attention and love to them in particular, but also that we have to stop settling for salvation by grace alone through faith uh, faith alone, which is the, it seems to be the argument by uh, all professing Christians as why they're so-called, quote unquote, safe in this lifetime and the next. But also understand that with salvation and grace comes great responsibility and duty, and, and I believe most are missing this in this lifetime that I'm in. So this life is no longer yours or mine the millisecond that we're saved. Do you, do you realize that? You know, perhaps it's been some, some time since that realization hit, or maybe it's never hit you and that's okay. I'm glad you're tuned in today for a few minutes that I have with you then. So we're born into the world of sin, governed and ruled by Satan, which God gave him dominion of. And if you don't believe me, please read your Bible. It's there, I promise. We are sinners the second we're born, and we are then of the world and in the world. So it is not until we surrender ourselves unto the Lord and ask his forgiveness and truly and fully repent of our sins, giving our lives to him fully, are we actually saved. Again, it's in your Bible. It's more than just John 3.16. That's just the beginning, okay? So you see, the second we are washed by the blood of Christ who died on the cross at Calvary, we become one of son, uh, God's sons and daughters, No longer of the world, just simply in it, but we belong to him and our lives are no longer 
ours anymore. We're to live a life that's pleasing to him. And our mission is to do the will of the Father. Matthew 7.21 says, not everyone, this is Jesus, by the way, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So you see how they're addressing him as Lord, Lord. So they know it's him, but they don't go into heaven. Why? I'll finish the rest of that verse. But the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. God creates life. He grants repentance and gives faith. Man is totally unable by himself to do these things which are necessary to enter the kingdom of heaven. Ephesians 1, 4-6, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So in love... He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, not ours, his, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one, capital, one he loves, Jesus. Salvation is by God's will and pleasure for his glory, Okay, so John 6, 37 to 39, and then uh, 44 to 45 says, all the father gives, uh, uh, gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Again, this is Jesus's words. Let me start over. All that the father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, Jesus didn't even do his will, but to do the will of him who sent me, which is who? The Father. And this is the will of him who sent me. This is Jesus talking to you and me right now. Okay? And this is the will of uh, him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him that's also me and you and i will raise him up at that last day it is written in the prophets i'm still in the bible here everyone it is written in the prophets they will all be taught by god everyone who listens to the father and learns from him comes to me so all of god's chosen right will be saved without exception They'll all hear and respond because they have spiritual ears to hear the truth and god's power makes this certain so in romans 8 28 30 and it says we and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to whose purpose his purpose for those god foreknew or loved, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, hopefully that's you and I, he also called. Because remember, we can't go to Jesus unless God calls us first. It's right there in the Bible. Those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. So, how do we know if we are among the few that have ears to hear? 
by responding to the call. So assurance of this certain call, this uh, chosen call is from the Holy Spirit. So if we consider like uh, Philippians 1 to 6, uh, which says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose, not ours. Philippians 2, that's Philippians 2, 12 to 13, backs that up. So if we listen with our spiritual ears and we respond to that invitation, there will be, there has to be fear and trembling in our souls as we recognize that it was God's work in us that caused our salvation, not us. Okay, so with that now out of the way and in the forefront, we know we have a duty and responsibility and commandments from above that begins the moment we're saved which is also a part of how we can be sure to hear the seven word, the best seven word sentence in the history, the present or the future of mankind. And that is, well done, my good and faithful servant. Jesus was asked this very question by a uh, Pharisee who was considered to be an expert in the law. Okay, this is in Matthew 22, 34 to 36. And then I'm going to Uh, read off 37 and 40. So Jesus answered by saying, oh, uh, yeah, he was an expert in the law. And Jesus answered by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. Okay, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. And I love when people say, well, there is no law. Jesus eradicated the law. Jesus spoke these words as our commandments. So the dispute is with you and Jesus, not man. So then we're, we're here's what we're quick, quickly headed to today. How do we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind? And how do we love our neighbors as ourselves? And I'm not gonna tell you how. I'm gonna tell you why. And I'm going to let you and God and the Holy Spirit come up with the how. So in my uh, predictive nature, I predict that 1% is for God and the Holy Spirit to guide us, convict us, teach us, and speak to us. The other 99% is for us to listen and actually do. You see, anyone can be told what to do, but most will not do it. That's reality. And I fear... That's in large why Jesus says in Matthew twenty two fourteen, from his mouth that he says, many are called, but few are chosen. And, you know, many people will hear the call of God coming through his revelation of, his, uh, of himself through creation, the conscience and the preaching of the word, but only the few will respond because they're the ones who are truly hearing And Jesus has said this many times, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He says it in Matthew 11, 15, Mark 4, 9, Luke 8, 8, uh, Luke 14, 35, and many others. The point is, is that everyone has ears, okay? But only a few are listening and responding. Not everyone who hears the gospel receives it, but only the few, quote unquote, who have ears to hear. 
that the the many here, but there's no interest or there's outright like antagonism toward God. Many are called or invited into the kingdom, but none are able to come on their own. God must draw the hearts of those who come, otherwise they won't. John 6, 44 backs that up. Take a look at it. Okay, so many in the world are Christians. So why did Christ say that only a few will find the truth? Well, you know, a lot of people in the world are Christians. Not all who claim to be Christians are true followers of Christ. In Matthew 7, 13 to 14, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, hell. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, heaven. And only a few find it. So Christians whose characters are sound will automatically display the Lord's character in their words and their deeds. No? So God offers salvation to everyone who accepts his love. We can't and will never be able to create our own paths to a holy God. And God cannot simply excuse or overlook our sin. He's perfect. He's merciful, but he's also just, right? And justice requires that sin be paid for. At a great cost to himself, God paid that price. So while the Lord made all provisions for our salvation, our part, your part as Christians is to receive his love and follow him, doing the will of the Father as he did while he was on earth. So as Christians, following Christ requires crucifying our flesh, living by faith, right? Enduring trials with Christ-like patience, living a lifestyle separate from the world. And in my notes today, I have all the passages that back that up, what I just said. However, all this is done by God's grace. Christ gives sincere Christians all the power necessary to live victorious lives. And it's backed up by Philippians 4.13. So when faced with the choice, right, between a narrow road and a wide highway, sadly, most choose the easier road. I'm not here to lie to you guys, and I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. Most people would rather create their own religions and design their own gods, period, whether they're consciously thinking about it or not. So it is with <laughs> deep, deep sorrow that Jesus said the road to eternal life is narrow and only a few find it. He's not exaggerating. It's not a riddle. He's not wrong. He's speaking the truth and we have the foresight to know it. So to help end today's podcast, I want to revisit what I started off with, right? And show just how serious God is about doing his will with respect to the poor, the sick, the widows, and the orphans from his mouth and his word, not mine. And this is but one example, but a perfect one nonetheless. So what do you guys make of the following? And I don't care if you've heard it or read it before. Just listen up, okay? I'm going to tie... Uh, this into t- uh, the end of today's podcast in just another two two minutes, okay? There are hundreds and hundreds of verses on what the pi- Bible says just about the poor, the sick, the widows, and the orphans alone. So here's just a few to help drive God's point home, okay? James 1 to 27, uh, chapter 1, 27. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep one's 
self unstained from the world. Exodus twenty two twenty two. You shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. One John, First John three seventeen. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Psalms sixty eight five. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is. It is God in his holy habitation. Deuteronomy 24, 19, when you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, don't go back and get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the, the fatherless, and the widow that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. So give your extras. That's what he's saying. Isaiah 1, 17, learn to do good. Seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's case. Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Matthew 5, 1 to 48, seeing the crowds, he went up to the mountains. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Psalms 14, uh, 146, verse 9. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. Lastly, uh, Psalms, Psalm 82, 3. Give justice to the weak and fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. And so just allow me to tie this in to how this relates to you and I and every and any other professing Christian in our lifetime in the next, I'm going to wrap it up. This is called the final judgment. At least it is in my Bible. So this is from Matthew chapter 25 and I'm only going to read 31 to 46. Okay, hang in with me. I'm going to show you how serious this is. And this is but one of many commands in the New Testament. And, and just for a side note, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again because I don't hear this from the pulpit. So my guess is many of you may not have either. We talk about rules, we talk about the law, we talk about the Mosaic commandments and everything that happened before Jesus came down to cover our sins with his blood on the cross and resurrect so we could be saved from the punishment of death and be uh, enjoy salvation through Christ alone, okay? In the New Testament, there was 650 plus laws. Guess how many there are in the New Testament as far as do's and don'ts? Over 1,100, so over double. If you're not reading your Bible, and I'm going to say this with conviction, you're not going to hear it from the pulpit, period. I'm just going to say it. There may be one or two of you, three of you, I hope there's a lot of you, but I know there's not, that say, well, my, that's not true. My pastor, okay, good, stay there. Listen up. If you're learning from the word is listening to a man behind a pulpit and you're not in God's actual word, you're listening to the wrong source, period. Let me talk about what Jesus says. But when the son of man comes in his glory, this is, this is him telling us the future, okay? So you and I, we, I, at least me, I'll just raise my hand. Growing up, I always said, man, I, I wish I could, I could have a crystal ball. Of course, I wanted to do evil with it or make money or worldly things, but I always wish I could see the future. Here's our crystal ball, guys. 
<laughs> God gave it to us. Here it is. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, picture this. I want you to picture this because you have a, you have a chance right now to be in one of the two groups. And I'm, I'm just hear me out or hear God out actually. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne. Verse 32, all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people, you and I, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king, Jesus, will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Now you might be saying, oh, that's me. That's, that's going to be me. Well, let's see here. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, they're almost arguing against there. They're confused. When did we ever see you hungry and feed you or uh, thirsty and give you something to drink or, 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 or as a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you cl like clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And then Jesus, the king, will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. The poor, the sick, the widow, the widow and the, and the fatherless, the orphans. You, when you did it to them, you were doing it to me. Then, verse 41, not the king might, and this isn't a parable, then the king will. So this will happen, guys. We can shield or hide or forget or go in our safe space space it doesn't matter then the king will turn to those on his left and say away with you you cursed ones into the eternal fire prepared for the what the devil and his demons for i was hungry and you didn't feed me i was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink i was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home i was naked you didn't give me clothing i was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me then he will reply or then they will sorry the the ones on his left lord when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you and he'll answer I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And last verse, listen to this. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. So to, to end today's show, let me just ask you this question. And believe me, the Holy Spirit had me ask myself the same thing. It's called conviction. And conviction's good. Are you simply saved by grace or are you also being obedient to the one who saved you? I hope both, but if not, don't allow another minute, okay, to go by without prayer and a conversation between you and God to get back onto his path for his path leads to the kingdom which few will find. So thank you all for listening in. I pray this has touched you in some way today. If so, please pass this forward. And also, if you could for me, please pass, uh, just take you know 10 seconds. Leave a review somewhere to help attract others to the show. Just search Google for Shaken Awake Podcast and just pick, pick one that you like. This show is online everywhere 
from Facebook to YouTube, website, Instagram, etc. I just I just want the word spread as far as God will allow. And also enter your email to subscribe and don't miss another episode. And um, you know if you can, please check out any past show you may have missed. There's a lot to be heard, and using the actual Bible for this show is the only way to produce the fruit of the Spirit. If and when applied. Okay, so thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.